Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Bachelor Clues. Today, Dark Seeker and I have something very special for you. A special guest. Joining us today is Shannon Elliott, co-host of Do the Roses Align podcast. And we're going to be taking a deep dive into the esoteric art of astrology. Thank you for joining us, Shannon. Yes. Thank you for having me. I am very thrilled to be here. (laughs) 
Okay, so let's let's get all the cards on the table, so to speak. That was no pun intended, of course. But a good pun. Thank you. Um, I do not uh, necessarily subscribe to this. I don't know much about it either. And I would like to know, let's start off with just some basic questions. When did you get into astrology and how deep into it are you? Are you like an expert? <laughs> expert? Yes. Um, so I started learning about astrology in a very baseline way that most, I would say, most women, right? Like girl, young girls, I'm a millennial, right? That was just kind of baked in to being a teenage girl sometimes. But uh, I started learning about astrology about age 12, which feels... Okay. My mom had a few books about it, and I was just a very curious kid. So I read about it and immediately was like, I'm a Sagittarius. This feels very right and weird. And I also enjoy... I guess analyzing the world. I'm this is why your podcast, right? Like similar vibe mm. with me and astrology. I feel very in the pit of astrology. Um okay. and at this point, I have been, I would say, professional, quote unquote, since like 2019. I would be mm. giving chart readings. Um, you know, people will come to me and ask them me to read their chart to tell them about their personality or life events, which is really what astrology is based in. Um, but, uh, so I would definitely say I'm pretty expert, not like official expert, which astrology is something that doesn't really, you don't really stop learning about. There's always more mm -hmm. and there's like, you can go deeper and deeper and deeper. And, yeah. um, I'm pretty deep in it now. Uh, but so I could tell you a lot and I have been a bachelor fan for a very long time and I've been doing astrology analyzing of the bachelor for since matt james season oh interesting well th i mean that's that's what we're going to definitely yeah. get into i have a million questions about <laughs> whose charts line up the best with who and which relationships are doomed and which ones will succeed and who should be breaking up with who and getting in other relationships with other people yes. we're going to get to all that but i i just first want to kind of like lay a groundwork of astrology generally is there uh, a national or global certification board when you become an astrology an astrologer. Yes. And are you certified? Um, I'm not yet certified. Um, I don't know. There's it's one of those things where you don't have to be certified to sure. practice, but there it's uh, there's these things called ISA, it's A S I S A R I S A R, and it's the international. Study of oh my god I can't even think of what it is it's, but I, there's a couple of different certifications and you got to take these really intense tests you got to be able to draw up a chart by hand it's a lot oh whoa um yeah no it's like by hand okay mm -hmm, like being able to calculate it by with math it's like astrology is math and the study of watching the sky and all of, it's like way more technical than people think it's actually less like spiritual than tarot really like tarot is about intuition and you know metaphors and meanings and a lot of astrology is that too but it's definitely a system based on watching the planets in the sky and it started literally thousands of years ago and that's kind of why what like most people think you know oh you know my birthday is this so I'm a sun my sun sign is that um but that's not that's like one itty bitty piece of your entire chart because you have the sun, the moon, Mercury, like all these planets, and including Pluto. 
for all the people who think Pluto is no longer a planet. Um, all those scientists out there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, you know, yeah. Well, wait, didn't they switch it? Didn't they? They said it wasn't. It's been back and forth. Is it back now? It's a planet again? It's a planet again. Yeah. Well, I think they either switched it then took it back. But either way, uh, Pluto even to me is more of a generational planet because it orbits extremely slowly. Everything is based around speed, orbiting the speed of the sun. So there is a lot of science involved. Sure. Um, For instance, Mercury and Venus can't be far, like they can't go very far from the sun. So your Mercury sign, for instance, Chad, you have a Gemini Mercury and you're a Gemini sun. It's very common to have the same sun and Mercury or the same sun and Venus because Venus and Mercury can't go very far. Um, whereas the rest of the planets can circle out farther. So you can have signs that are further away from your sun sign in that, in the order of astrology. Um, and there's, uh, so original, like ancient astrologers, when I say ancient, it's like Hellenistic Mm -hmm. period before the Renaissance. Like it's like pre crusades. It's all, um, like it started with Greece, Rome, Egypt, India, and they all were sharing the knowledge of astrology. But then once the Crusades started, the burning of the Library of Alexandria, like that type of stuff shifted the Western view to Christianity, to secular religion. Whereas India kind of, they like if you talk to people who are like Hindu or Buddhist, like they have astrology baked into their religion and it is very normalized. Whereas here it's like, you can't, be a Christian or whatever, and also believe in astrology yeah. because it doesn't mix, but it does. And the rabbit hole of that is like, there's a lot of uh, Zodiac reference- references in the Bible. Like, Wait, really? 12 disciples, 12 signs, um, everything, the sun and the moon. It's like all Jesus. So the son of God, right? And it's all, I'm not very, I'm not, I didn't really grow up very Christian. See, I grew up Christian. As did I. And they, they I literally remember, I have core memories of, people telling me when I was younger that astrology was demonic. And now it's hilarious <laughs> because I'm so into it. And it's it, what's demonic about it? And the fact that you're saying- You've embraced your inner demon. Exactly. No, we, this is why, again, back to this this shirt, to this shirt, it's like, I feel it. Shannon is wearing the 4TRR uh, Ella Tolkien designed kind of tarot card shirt currently. Let me ask you this. You're mentioning all these planets. You're saying that astrology is based on the movements of the planets around the sun in our solar system. Is it only the planets in our solar system? When we discover new uh, planets out there in the universe, does that factor in in any way to astrology? So this, love this question, and I knew you would lead down this way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, So she knew. So uh, astrology is essentially, it's a human creation. So if there are other humans or human type, any, you know, uh, people who have, I don't know, uh, developed brains, right? In other planets, um, they might have some type of their own system of viewing their sky. But from earth, this is what is visible to us. So the creation of astrology was based on, I mean, imagine thousands of years ago, no one had electricity. The sky was popping, Mm -hmm. right? No pollution. (laughs) Like you could see everything. And astrologers would literally sit outside at night and watch the planets and watch and note that Mars had a red tint. Note that Venus was like shining super bright in the evening, in the morning. That Jupiter is a giant bright star, aka the North Star, aka where the wise men were following. What? 
That's Jupiter? Okay, this is so interesting. Jupiter, because most of the time you'll look at the sky and you'll be like, dang, that planet is just, or that star is so bright. It's probably a planet. Yeah. If it's not blinking, it's a planet. My my question though was actually about us. We now have technology like the Hubble, like the James Webb. We can actually mm-hmm. see other planets. We know that there is an Earth-like planet in uh, our neighboring galaxy in Andromeda, Kepler B. It is it's the most likely place that we'd be able to get to to actually live, other than Mars, if we want to live on an Earth-like planet. Yeah. Do the does this information in any way? come into the field of astrology and and try to update it? Do the movements of other planets outside of our solar system have anything to do with this? Uh, so mm, yes and no. Uh, I'm going to say no mostly because it is about base. It's about orbiting our sun. Um, I, however, I could totally see like in the future, the more we develop, like being able to understand the movements of other planets around another star or another orbit orbiting space. Right. And, um, I could see it happening, but I will say like dwarf planets, asteroids, um, comets, like there's all that stuff in our solar system. You can also track in astrology. There's like, I mean, I could probably look it up right now and find out that there's like an asteroid named Chad. You know what I mean? Like it's very like you can, and sometimes people would look it up and look at where it falls in their chart and they'll be like, Oh my gosh, it's right by my right. sun sign or something. And it's like very connected to me, but it's a uh, very minor, minor uh, as far as like what we can interpret it as. Whereas um, the study of astrology traditionally, like I said, is mostly just based in what we humans were able to observe of our sun, of our solar system. However, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto are called outer planets because they were not visible and are not visible to the naked eye on earth. So when we discovered Uranus via telescope and Neptune and Pluto, same way, all of those were added into astrology, but it's a little different in how they work based on the, what I call the traditional planets, AKA sun, moon, and sun and moon, our planet is loosely used here. They're obviously not a planet. It's a moon and a star, but- Heavenly body. Yeah, right. Um, so you have sun, moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. Those are the top seven because all of those planets are visible- from Earth. Uh, and all of those planets play into how you have what I'll tell you is a chart ruler, which I'll tell you all about later, and things like that. But Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto are more of the generational planets in that Pluto, like I said, moves really slowly around the sun. So me, Grace Ann, and um, in Pay's case, we're all millennials. We all have Pluto and Scorpio. Mm. You are Gen X, would you call yourself, probably? Yes, definitely. Yes. Um, you are Pluto and Libra. Okay. And that is a different... Oh, I love Libras. Right? Um, <laughs> but you Pluto and Libra. And then the boomers are like Pluto and Leo. And then there's Pluto and Virgo, which is mostly boomer vibe. Like it's most of our parents. Um, your parents chat are probably Pluto and Cancer. They're boomers. Oh, how old, like number, how old is your like dad? He's turning 70 in a few weeks. Okay. So he's definitely Pluto and Leo then. Okay. So uh, yeah, boomers, Pluto and Leo. That makes sense. Leo, right? They were the greatest generation and they were the ones who got all the success and the wealth. They've got to show it off. They've And they love to boast about it. And they're like, why the fuck can't millennials get their shit together? And millennials are Pluto and Scorpio and we have... Leo and Scorpio are signs that square each other because they are the same modality, which is like a whole rabbit hole down. But uh, it is pretty 
pretty lot. But the Pluto and Libra, the Gen X was kind of that like, I, I'd note specifically Pluto and Libra being um, when divorce became much more common. And so Gen X kids are either the product of divorce or <laughs> had parents that probably maybe should have gotten divorced and stayed <laughs> together really a long time. Uh, and it, but there's like this idea of marriage kind of baked into Pluto and Libra and it being a sometimes not a tab, not taboo, but like something that's rougher for Pluto and Libra. Also the very kind of lax vibe of right. most Gen X. <laughs> Millennials were insane. <laughs> I'll call it that. All right. So we we got a good uh, kind of baseline here. We have a little bit of understanding of what we're about to dip into in terms of astrology. But now let's get into your relationship with The Bachelor. You said you started doing charts for players in Matt James season 25. But when did you start watching Bachelor? I started watching Bachelor with my mother in high school or no, it would have been middle school for me. Oh, shit. Um, I watched OG. I don't think I think I watched... I think I watched uh, season one. Oh, fuck. I can't fully remember. Oh, yeah. No, I'm in it. I'm in it, y'all. <laughs> um, okay. I have been... I definitely remember, you know, I remember Andrew Firestone. I remember um, the New York season. I remember a lot of that. But it's very, very... I, I would love to... <laughs> If y'all want to share, I would love to catch up on the dark seasons because I have some astrological research to do. Okay, <laughs> uh, okay. but um, but I definitely watched old, 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 old Bachelor, and I. But I will say, I consistently so with I would watch with my mom, and then I went to college, and college was for me fall twenty eleven. So that was oh, I I missed out. It was like. I think I think I'm pretty sure I watched Sean Lowe's season, um, but I'm trying to remember what who was in between because I came back for JoJo's Bachelorette season mm-hmm. after Ben Higgins, and I have since watched uh, Ben Higgins season and a lot of other in between here. But I have been watching every single season since JoJo Bachelorette, and I have been astrologically following it since Matt James. Even though I would watch and I'd be like, "Oh my God, Peter, he's such a Leo! Look at him go!" Like I'd watch that, <laughs> but I was never like. mining data like the way that y'all watch is the way i watch but with astrology instead (laughs) love that but up to this point like when you go to college you're already deep into astrology are you using astrology to make your decisions about where you're gonna go to college no so by the time i went to so i was into astrology but i was only into like i was a sagittarius and you're a gemini and grace is is an aquarius but i was that was my level when i got to college was when i finally i was a sophomore when I realized that I, or that we had a deeper chart and that between 2012 to now has been when I have been like in it. Um, and I don't actually use astrology as much as I maybe could or should to use decisions or to make decisions. Um, but I definitely pay attention sometimes. Like for instance, Mercury retrograde is a very common uh, discussion amongst the internet now. Um, Even I know what that means. Good job, Clues. All yes. technological devices are going to fail. That's basically what it means, right? Yeah. It, yes, that and any type of like contracts that you're signing or... Um, don't get your hair cut during Mercury retrograde. Yeah. Well, I would actually say don't get your hair cut during a Venus retrograde. Oh. Because every planet retrogrades. Every planet goes retrograde. Uh, Mercury is just the most 
Mercury goes retrograde at least once every three or four months. So that's why it's more common. Everyone talks about it. Venus retrograde only happens like maybe every other year. However, we're going to have Venus retrograde this summer in Leo, which is going to be mess messy for wedding season. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. Okay. So when should I not get my hair cut this summer? In August? Um, between, yeah, actually, probably in August. I would say, actually, I need to double check the exact dates because we have Venus and Leo for a while. <laughs> the anti-haircutting dates? <laughs> the anti, I gotta, I gotta know. <laughs> no, for, for real. And then in Leo, I would not mess because Leo rules the mane, lion's mane. So I would definitely not mess with the hair during Venus retrograde then. But anyway, so I, those are the types of, I say, decisions I would make. But I've never really fully planned like i have to do this exact thing on this day even though plenty of astrologers do that that's a a section of astrology is called electional astrology when you're like oh. electing a date or a time um there's like a couple of different branches it's natal astrology which is the personality stuff it's mundane astrology which is what me and the bachelor that's what i'm doing with the bachelor which is basically following events and how it matches up with the signs. That's mundane astrology. You can do that with politics. You can do it with anything. Um, and then there's electional astrology. And then there's something called hor horary. It's a weird word. H-O-R-A-R-Y. Um, it's That's when you are like, I have a question. And you pick up your phone and you look at the chart immediately and you answer your question or like, where is my thing? And you look at the chart and you're like, I can look at that is the one that I'm like, haven't, I haven't gotten into that one yet. It's like predictive almost about life events or decisions. Uh, yeah. But, and, and, or it's, it's, sometimes it's literally like, I need a horary. I lost my passport. I can't find it anywhere and I need it right now. And people will be like, okay, well, um, the planet that rules travel, Jupiter is in this sign at this place. And it looks like it's under this and people, it, that I literally, I can't even begin to explain how, in, how direct it can get. <laughs> Where does astrocartography stand mm. in those categories that you, and for chat, yeah, if you can explain that to people. Yes. I also can't, I'm astro, but uh, astrocartography is the study is essentially when you look at a giant map and I have, I'm sh it is definitely science based. I have no idea how it's exactly calculated, but you will have an entire the global map and you will have these lines and they're all different lines based on your own chart and certain lines like a Jupiter line or a sun line would be really good to live or visit, like live in that place, visit there, whatever. Um, maybe a Saturn line or a Neptune line might be kind of harder. I lived on a Neptune line for a while in New York, kind of crazy. Uh, so it's like, that's how that works. But fun fact, the Venus line, the Venus line for the show draws right through the source. Really? <laughs> oh! When I looked up astrocartography for the chart of The Bachelor, I was like, are you, like, when I say, I will find, I will, I'll show it and I'll show you too. Dead center, down Dallas, Austin, like central Texas, aka where half of the whole show's cast, I was like. No, I was just going to say about the astrocartography, the reason I bring it up is because that was one of the first things in the whole astrology world where I was like, oh, holy shit, this is actually like legit because I had just like a few years ago um, when I went on my exchange year in Sweden, I got into astrocartography really quickly and I went to an astrologer and she didn't know anything about me. And she was like, why were you in Sweden between like 2011 and uh, 2012 and 2013? And I was like, oh my gosh, like that. that's where I was like, oh, that's crazy. It's, it's, it's very, 
there's like, I feel like everybody gets got by astrology in a different way. And a lot of people like it to be like, oh, this is me and I feel seen. And I definitely got into that that way. But I can't deny the patterns now. Like, and that's just the same thing. Like I can't. And uh, to answer your question, Clues, I went to school. I went to school where Clayton. Oh, Mizzou. Went to school, the ultimate Viking, Mizzou. And not only that, I graduated same year as Clayton. And I got his birth time because I DM'd him and I said, Mizzou, baby. <laughs> Mizzou, baby, what's your birth time? I want to do your astro charts. He literally, he was, he was so nice. Like, shout out to Clayton. I have never had a, like any bad, I literally like love, love Clayton. King. Um, and so when he sent me his, he's Pisces rising. If anybody wants to know, he's Taurus sun. Oh, what's his moon? Can't even think of it right now, but he so sweet. Uh, and so, and I've gotten a lot of birth times from bachelor players via DM, DMing them. Um, but Clayton was like, but from guy players in sp- that's hard. Like getting, getting the birthdays from the men is like borderline impossible. Whereas any woman on the bachelor, it's like, I just scroll their Instagram for five minutes <laughs> and then I'll send like a giant, I'll ju- a giant balloon 28. And it's like, here's my birth. And so it's, it's very easy for me to collect women. And and then a lot of them will just reply or they'll reply with their chart and they won't even tell me their birth time. And they're just like, here's my screenshot of CoStar um, and that kind of thing. So, but yeah, I so went to Mizzou and I studied journalism, which is interesting. the thing at Mizzou. Uh, I was a photojournalist specifically. And, um, but then I went to culinary school after that. And now I'm a, I work at a restaurant. <laughs> Oh, cool. Like a chef. But the journalist in me, yes, astrology chef, literally. Um, Interesting. That's my handle for, I was like, I don't even know what to make. I'm just going to combine my two things. When you were in the waiting room, uh, Chad was like, is she a chef? Because, yeah, your handle just came up. Astrology chef. I am, uh, I am for all the, everyone who's really into astrology listening, this will appreciate. I'm very mutable. And what mutable means is I do a lot of different things all at once. I have got my Gemini rising, a Sagittarius sun. That's what I was going to say. Classic Gemini. (laughs) No, but Geminis are the people who like to, they want to learn all the different fun facts. They want to be the person in the room who has the, either the answer or wants to win a trivia or wants to like Gemini's. That's so you clues. (laughs) Sure. Don't we all want that though? Who wants to lose a trivia? You know that some people don't care yes. about losing at trivia? Me. Like, and some people just find it fun to just like pretend to play along and know some things and they'll be excited when they know one answer and they'll be like, woohoo, I got that one. Or they just like the social dynamic of it. <laughs> but is my is my incredibly competitive uh, outlook on life due to my Gemini rising or is it due to my insane father? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't want to get into it, but I saw your chart. <laughs> Um, and hey, I have an insane mother, so I can relate, okay? <laughs> We've all got them. And politically insane, too. I've listened to The Necessary Conversation, and I would listen to it, and I'd be like... Oh, my God. Like, gripping things around <laughs> me because I've had these exact conversations. But the fact that you're putting it on a podcast is... Gotta be done. Woo! A Gemini would. A Gemini would. But you are an Aquarius. You are an Aquarius moon and an Aquarius okay. rising. And the Aquarius is really where I lean into you wanting to challenge systems and like tell, I mean, and yeah, you want to challenge, challenge systems, the alien thing. Like whenever I'd like listen to the podcast back in trying to think I've listened to way back when through Hannah and Peter, but I started listening to you guys 
I think it was probably, well, no, when, when y'all went on chatty, chatty broads is obviously when I found you as in most, I feel like so many did. Um, and I quickly was like, this is the best fucking podcast I've ever listened to about bachelor. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. You guys had it. No, for real. I was like, this is cause you guys think like I do because all you guys are air signs over there. Like <laughs> I see. Interesting. Yeah, we are. No, there's a lot of compa- there's a lot of compatibility there. But should shall we get into doing Grace Ann and I's charts? Yes. Or shall we, let's or shall we talk about some bachelor relationships first? Or the bachelor, how it started, because one of the things that me and Shannon first talked about, because how this came to be is me and her were just having a conversation about astrology and we just got deeper, and she revealed to me that the chart of the bachelor, which means the day it aired, which is, what is it, March? March 25th, 2002. Yes. Yes. Right. That just looking at that, it blew your mind because of, like, what was it exactly? You're, you're charting the Bachelor's birth from it's the time of airing. So it's not the time of production. It's not even the time of Mike Fleiss pitching the idea and selling it. I would love to know those times also, but... Um, when it comes, to, somebody has that information for sure. I'm sure. No, seriously, like the I would, I would love all that. But Mike has some free time now. Maybe he could reach out and he could give you uh, those deeds. I, I know. I should give him, give him a little call, you know. But no. So when it comes to things like television or anything that is premiered, uh, again, it's chartable based on when it's public if that makes sense so okay there was obviously the build-up to it like the pitching and the prepping and all that will definitely probably fall in with it in a way um but i typically when i'm pulling anything for a tv show or for any type of start date it's when it became public because obviously most things take some type of build-up and ideas and stuff to get to public space um but so no this is the public premiere of the bachelor where we all were able to watch it and perceive it. Mm. Uh, and so that, yes, that chart, and you can do that. Anybody listening, you can do that for anything. For a business, for anything. Yes. Uh, you can look up the chart of your, the like you, y'all, probably the first episode airing, I could probably look up Gore's chart. I should probably have done, I should have done that. June, uh, ju- it was June, because. Uh, June 2015? No, June 2016. June 2019? 2015. 20. What year is it? What's going on here? I was going to say. <laughs> I think June 2019, right? June 2015. <laughs> I'm like, time flies, you know? I guess Spotify doesn't usually, maybe sometimes it does post exact dates if I were to go back far enough. But um, do you also have your back catalog on Spotify? We have it on uh, Patreon. Or on some on Patreon. But, but see, on Patreon, yeah, I wouldn't have the exact posting date. Yeah, you'll have to, if you dig that up for me, I will happily check the chart of gore and I bet you it. I bet you it matches up with y'all, the three of you. Because Grace Ann, you fit in. Just because you weren't just didn't start, you fit in too. <laughs> That's, I mean, hey. Uh, so how does the Bachelor chart uh, reflect what we've seen in the franchise? Yes. Okay. So I sent, I don't know if y'all have it uh, visible, but I sent my little note doc just in case you wanted to see the chart. But this is, hang on, I'm going to pull it up. I have this. Yes. I'm looking at it now. I don't know if y'all can see this. Hang on. I don't know if y'all can see. Um, yeah, I can see it. All of the people, all of the people that I was looking up prior <laughs> before getting onto this podcast. 
a lot. Because this is my app. Wait, this is so interesting. Okay. I've got all these people. Okay, but... um. Okay. I see. I see our charts here. Here's my chart. Yes. And I've listed out below um, what it is. And so the circle... Chad, so yeah. this, you'll like this part. The circle, if you were standing in the center of the circle, this is essentially the star eclip- the ecliptic, right? Circling around. So the center, the ascendant, which is a- labeled AS on the chart, is sunrise. And the opposite of that, which doesn't have a point that they don't write it on the chart, but is the descendant, is sunset. So the top half of that chart, all those pie pieces on the top half, are the visible planets like that's that would have been visible quote unquote during the daytime if if we could see things during the day um and then everything below was like below us on the other side of the globe at the time so it's like it rotates that way so that's what the circle is about okay um but anyway so the bachelor chart with your permission too we'll post all these charts on our instagram yeah absolutely totally can um fantastic the so bachelor we have an aries sun a Leo moon and a Scorpio rising. And the, so the, I'm a Scorpio rising. Uh huh. So the chart ruler and everybody has a chart ruler, the ascendant. Um, okay. This is, this is where I'm going to start sounding kind of insane. Um, <laughs> not that I haven't yet. Um, yeah. but, uh, so kind of like the transitive property in math where it's like, if X equals this, then Y equals this, like that kind of thing. It's similar with astrology in that. So, Bachelor's rising sign is Scorpio. Scorpio, the sign, is ruled by Mars. So Mars, the planet, because everything in astrology goes back to the planets and what the planets mean. Everyone thinks it's signs, but the signs is just a descriptor of what the planets are already doing. So Mars is the chart ruler for the bachelor. And we have Mars in Taurus in the bachelor's chart. And Mars in Taurus is... So every planet, this okay, back to traditional astrology, every of the seven planets, excluding Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, all of them are ruled, like the planets line up with two signs, except for the sun and the moon. Sun is Leo, moon is Cancer. But every other sign has a planet and they share. So Mars is Aries and Scorpio. So we have Aries sun for the bachelor, Scorpio rising, both are Mars ruled, Mars in Taurus. Mars does not like to be in Taurus. It's called detriment because Taurus is a very lax sign. Taurus wants to, is ruled by Venus. So Taurus wants to hang out, wants to enjoy life, wants to eat, wants to chill, wants to eat the pizza, Clayton. Oh, let's go. Like, let's go. Uh, But not exactly, are they're not exactly, Mars is a very active planet. It's a very forward, push, put put you down planet. Right. War, right? Isn't that Mars? Literally, exactly. Uh, astrology does line up generally the planets with the mythology. So Mercury, messenger god, Venus, uh, you know, goddess of love, Mars, god of war, Jupiter, Zeus. Um, anyway, so Mars and Taurus is in the seventh house. And this is where I was going to get into houses because it's complicated. But the pie pieces in the chart are the sections of the sky and they line up with more of events, right? Whereas Mm -hmm. the planets are more personal. Uh, Whereas the seventh house of a chart, in this case, for The Bachelor and for everybody, uh, rules partnerships and often like marriage, but marriage as an institution can fall in the ninth. But partnerships, business 
co any type of like relationship that you're having a close relationship with 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 someone is the seventh house. So the fact that the bachelor chart ruler is Mars and Taurus in the seventh is very much like pointing to marriage, but we're going to fight to get there, mm-hmm. but it's going to be messy. Oh. Like it's not a, it's not a fair or a straight fight. It is complicated uh, because Mars and Taurus doesn't want to put in that work, but at the same time does like Mars and Taurus can really push it, but they push themselves a little too hard. Like it's, it's a lot. So l- let me ask you this. Is there anything in the chart that in some way prophesied the success of the show that it would be going for this long? Yes. Yes. So, um, Jupiter and cancer. Uh, so back to Mars didn't like to be in Taurus. Jupiter loves, loves to be in cancer. Jupiter is this planet of luck, of expansion and growth of like spirituality and beliefs. And we have it in cancer, which is very much happy to grow and be like, they, they, they want to share the wealth, right? But we have it in the ninth house, which became to me is like a the institution. Like the ninth house is like the institution of television is what I would put that in, mm. right? And so being able to be this like, I don't know, like this very poignant point in that. Um, and I do also have the Aries of it all. Aries is a pioneer. Most of the time, if you meet an Aries, they're trying to start something new. They're trying to start a business or be an entrepreneur or be a lone wolf, work on their own. We have Aries here that they pioneered a dating show, you know, like we had no real, like there was nothing like this right before The Bachelor started. Yeah. Right. Clues. Mm -hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, Because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like clues who only wears one outfit. I'm quince head to toe at this point. I'm a quince boy. (gasps) I'm a source boy, quince boy. 
What's you got no go? idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm quinced. <laughs> Just call me quinced. King Quinces. Okay. They call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen. Go to quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues. Uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, it has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire, then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. And not only do we have Aries Sun, but we have Aries Venus too. And so both of those together, Aries Venus is like, let's start this new thing. But Venus is in detriment in Aries because Aries is all about getting competitive. I was just going to say, Aries Venus, I've dated enough boys with their Aries and Venus. <laughs> and I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of fighting. And I mean, Aries, I swear, Aries Venus is one of those signs. I also, I ascribe them somewhat to like the romantic comedy of it all, where it's like, you're watching a romantic comedy and you're like, if you guys just talked about this one thing, it would be fine. Literally, if you just communicate, that's it. But Aries Venus wants to take you through a whole rigmarole because they're like, we need to make this a process. We need to come out stronger. We need to fight for this glory of this relationship. And that's so Aries Venus. And that's so Bachelor. Like everything is, we have to fight to make this work, but also we have to fight these other people physically sometimes to date this person. And it's like all of that, the physicality and the competitiveness of the show is baked into that Aries. But when it comes to success, back to that, the Jupiter and Cancer for sure. And there's also a Leo moon in the 10th house and the 10th house. Oh yeah, there you go. The 10th house rules uh, public perception because it is the top of the chart. Okay. It's the highest house. So it's the, and also it is when the sun is like at the highest point in the sky. So it's around noon. Um, so if you are born around noon, you often have sun in the 10th house. Uh, but Anyway, so the moon and Leo, Leo is all about that spotlight. Oh, yeah. It's all about everybody watching and looking and creating a show and creating a performance to be adored. And I think entertainers. Yes, mm. definitely. And so the show itself really, and then, then fun fact so Leo, the most public point of the chart, 
both DLH and Alex Michelle are Leo sons. Oh, wow. And they are- Stop. So the first season of the show, they have both of their sons, the, both the two leading men, essentially, of the show are Leos in the most pos- like in the most public point. Uh, and so that immediately, when I looked back to when I looked at the chart and those two things, I was like, all right, I'm in. I'm in on this. What's going on here with The Bachelor? Yeah. And so- yeah, but, but but the other thing too is I think the success comes from Scorpio Rising's Dark Seeker. Also, the fact that you're a Scorpio Rising and your nickname is Dark Seeker is just <laughs> on the nose. Okay, what do you like, mean? What do you mean? Scorpios. So Scorpios are known for being the like emo emo kids. I mean, Scorpio Plutos, Scorpio Pluto, Millennials. We were the emo kids for a reason, right? Right. But Scorpio are definitely like emo, and they're like. We're very intense. We're moody, dark. Intense and dramatic, but dramatic in a like. Yeah. Oh, dramatic as fuck. And, but like in a like personal way, like they're not running around being dramatic like a Leo would. You're more dramatic to your, like you have very dramatic reactions to things. And I don't let a lot of people in because I'm seeking yes. in the darkness. And yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I always say Scorpios. Okay. If, if, uh, if every water yeah. sign has the water, we have cancer has the. Uh, Cancer has the beach and the ocean. Pisces is like is the depths of the water, but Scorpio is the swamp because ah! it's like you because you can't see through the swamp and you can't you gotta murk through it and you're not sure what you're gonna get and that's kind of a Scorpio. But the show has Scorpio rising too. So all that that I'm just saying about that is we have the show being deceptive. It's not always what we see. The producers are manipulating it. It's oh. very secretive and how yeah. it's actually like it's not not secretive oh. to us right but right. to the general population most people aren't aware of the actual deception going on behind the scenes um and that's very scorpio and is that astrological is is there something about game of roses astrologically that gives us reason to want to peer through this darkness yes the fact that we are doing this exact kind of podcast there are a million bachelor podcasts i would say we are one of the only ones who's really analyzing it in this game component and kind of trying to look through the as you're putting it the scorpio trickery or darkness or whatever um yeah so the uh, another point uh, so another planet the show has is a saturn and gemini and that is in the eighth house the eighth house is so there's all the houses in the chart have different subsets of names. Um, and the eighth, the sixth, the second, and the twelfth house are all called the dark houses because if you have they can't see the ascendant because of their position. So so there those houses are the dark places where the different elements of life that kind of hide in those spaces live. And so it's all spread out. But the eighth house is like an, a very analytical in an intimate way, like where eighth house rules other people's resources and like money you get from others, but it also rules like the depth of intimacy you get after the partnership of the seventh house. Um, and so I think what's interesting is there's a bunch of Gemini between you and Pace Case, you two starting Gemini because Pace Case has Gemini, Mercury, and Venus as well. Oh, wow, really? Oh yeah, the, the air signs amongst you mm-hmm. are all—it's—it's it's popping. Uh, and I do believe air signs in general, in general, are more analytical. They're more logical. They're more thought. Like they want to move through the world in a thought processing way, and less in an emotional way, or a you know, or even sometimes even in a practical way. Like oh, air yeah. signs are ready to flow wherever they're headed. Um, but if you fixate enough on one thing, that 
air sign is like, I'm going to know everything. I'm going to find all the pieces of it. I'm going to get all the logic behind it and I'm going to present it. Right. I'm going to find all the seasons of the bachelor. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, your book helped me, uh, be able, cause you had the premiere dates and all the names. And so I was able to just go through everything and I was looked up all the charts of every single premiere and oh. all the bachelors of all, only the bachelor so far. Cause I'm like, y'all I've, you get, you get deep enough on one that it's yeah intense to get to the other one. But uh, but yeah, so you guys have that air sign need to unpack and explore and figure it out. And I think the Gemini falling in the eighth house of the bachelor's chart, you guys aren't phased by the bullshit, right? And you're trying to show it for what it is, but it's hard to be in the eighth house in that sense because you're trying to see what it is and you're trying to show it, but- only so many people will buy it. Yeah, like... Right. Because everybody wants to believe the lie. Yes, and I try to tell Chad this a lot, is that, like, whenever I'm doing social media, let's say when I'm live tweeting, when The Bachelor or The Bachelorette is airing, I will come into our meetings and be like, guys, the... I mean the live tweets that come out, you would think that these people have never even heard of a producer before in their life. They eat everything up. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, not everybody thinks like pit dwellers or gore. And like, I think clues, sometimes you think, no, people have got to know. They don't. Yeah. No. They're so dumb. And this is like, it's it, it really is something. I'll even say that with astrology and that similar to like, doesn't everybody want to win at trivia? It's like, no. And doesn't everybody know that the producer? No. Like it's, you, you have found, like you found out so much more information because of just, like I said, Gemini, er, everybody wants to carry, you were curious and you're like, this can't. No, no, no. This is this is not. And Aquarius too is kind of the system challenger, like because Aquarius and Capricorn are both signs ruled by Saturn. So clues that means your chart ruler is Saturn. Okay. Uh, and Saturn is like no bullshit. Mm. It's no. It's like no bullshit. I'm taking responsibility. You're taking responsibility, and we're gonna feel the consequences if they exist, and we're gonna push it forward. We're gonna like keep grinding. Essentially, that's Saturn and. Capricorn and Aquarius are both ruled by Saturn. Capricorn, though, is the one that's like, I want to build this structure. And Aquarius is the one who's like, I see that structure and it doesn't work for everybody. And I need to show people mm -hmm. what it really is. And that's where yeah. when you when I found out you were in Aquarius rising, because uh, Dark Seeker did that one episode a couple off seasons ago where she where I made them give me uh, their birth times and stuff. When that happened, I was like, because <laughs> hey, <yeah." laughs> I have been dying to know. I had been piecing it together. Like I had a, I had on, and I sound insane. I'm so sorry, but you guys, I was so interested. I was like, I was like, I have to know why, like why these two people both get along so well, but despite being like the age difference, you guys just met at work. Like I was just fascinated by all of it. Uh -huh. So. Anyway, back to being thrilled to be here to do this. <laughs> no, okay. So let me ask you some questions before. Yes. Derail me back. Derail me back. <laughs> yes. I'm going to derail you back onto The Bachelor. I want to ask you uh, with the time we have left about, well, maybe we'll get into to me and Dark Seeker and Pace Case's personal charts a little bit toward the very, very end. But right now I want to discuss yeah. some Bachelor couples. Yes. Um, first and foremost... Nick Vial and Natalie Joy. Is this a doomed relationship or will they get married and live forever? <laughs> so um, I am, first of all, I am dying 
to know Nick Vial's birth time. <laughs> I have another friend of mine who is an astrologer who's very into The Bachelor, and she used to listen to Nick Vial's podcast mm-hmm. a lot. Her partner even did randomly, and they definitely are not as much into it now. But um, we've been assessing. We were like, what is his rising sign? Like, because he is uh, Nick Vial's a Libra, mm-hmm. right? Which makes a lot of fucking sense if you know what Libra men are like. It doesn't to me because I love Libras. <sighs> what are Libra men like? What What is this? I don't know. So, okay. Libra, Libra. So Libra is ruled by the okay. scales. They're the only non-living symbol for that sign. So to me, Libra sometimes are just trying to keep everything yep. in balance, right? Sauce and tea. Sauce and tea. I was literally about to say fence sitting. Fence podcast. Yes. Peak. Yeah. That Libra wants to be seen and loved. Like Libras, if you ever know Libra, all you got to do is be like, you look so nice today. And they'll be like, compliment that bitch. And then you got him. <laughs> oh my God, thank you. <laughs> That's why when people compliment Nick, he just like, he's like, oh, thank you so much. I know, oh my God. It's like, he's so into himself. Okay. And he starts to open up when when guests do compliment him. I swear, I have to listen to so many vile files. So like, I know this shit. Like he, he'll be very skeptical first of anybody who comes on. But like Susie Evans, for instance, when she came on the show right after the season finale of Clayton's season and there was all this, you know, drama surrounding it, people questioning Susie and Clayton and all these people. And at first he was, you know, sitting with his arms crossed. He's literally doing back. And then Susie comes in and she goes, Nick, I just want to say, I listened to the Vile Files. I've listened for years. And like you helped me get like over a really, really bad breakup. And and dude, she fucking oh. nailed it. And he just, he opened up. And now to this day, he still says, Susie Evans is one of my favorite. Uh, <laughs> Susie Evans really knows how to compliment me. Literally. <laughs> she loves my podcast. So, yeah. Yes. Okay, so what, from the information you have about Nick Vial and Natalie Joy, can you render a quick judgment, uncharacteristic, of course, about uh, whether or not they're going to last? So I do believe that they will get married. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm not 100% sure on if they're going to last, but that's also because Natalie's brain hasn't fused yet. And I just don't <laughs> think she's like aware of the scenario she's really in right now, like with him. Um but also, he seems like a total simp for her. So, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um, but as far as her, so she's a Virgo and he is a Libra. And so those two combo, it's interesting because they're right after each other in the birthdays. So it would be like his her birthday and then like a couple of weeks later it would be his. Um, and sometimes it's interesting to see the signs next to each other dating because they tend to have some similar placements. Um, and I'm pretty sure she... I actually don't know if I have her exact chart because I had never been able to, I didn't find her birthday for a little while. Uh, But now with her and Nick, it was easier. Nick and Natalie both have Leo Venus, which to me explains the proposal and like all of how that went down. Uh, And their TikToks. Yeah. And just, I, they're so, he, he has become so cringe to me with her. Yeah. Uh, Like the tattoos. Um, and also Nick is in, wait a minute. Yes. Because you and you and Nick are so close in age. You both are in your, um, 
Uranus opposition, which you, Clues, and Nick both have Uranus and Scorpio. And right now, Uranus is in Taurus. And the Uranus opposition tends to line up with like a midlife crisis, right? Oh, interesting. And I see Nick hardcore. Like that's because it's about age 40. It's like between the ages of 40 and 45 is usually when it starts. And that's kind of when people are like, oh, I got to get my sports car. I got to. Yeah quit my job or whatever. And for Nick, it was like, I got to get a bunch of shitty tattoos and date a 24 year old. And it just, mm. but so I think that astrologically they probably will last, but personally, I don't know. Okay. How about Matt James and Rachel Kirkconnell? We know that you've been charting them. Yes, they will last forever. For sure. I fully believe it. When she, the first interaction of them at the limo, I was like, He's going to pick her. And this was before I really, before all the spoilers dropped, essentially. Yeah. I was like, they, because she's a Libra. He's a Sagittarius. He's a bunch of Sagittarius. He's got so much Sagittarius in his chart. And she, and actually Brie on that season, his, uh, was his like, it almost had his exact chart. It was very fascinating to watch two Sagittarius intense people dating each other. Interesting. But, uh, but no, Rachel and Matt, especially after them being able to get through what they got through, you know? Yeah. I definitely think they're going to last. I have. Okay. And watching them, I'm just like, dang, good shit. And Sagittarius and Libra are a classic combo. Air and fire signs do really well together. Um, And Rachel is goofy. And like, you have to be kind of goofy to date a Sagittarius man because they're going to make you be goofy if you don't want, like they're going to play, make fun of you and like play jokes and like what, what Matt does. Smash birthday cakes into your face at an NFL game and then <laughs> shotgun a beer on national television. <laughs> Stuff like that. And and um, Matt and Tyler, he's, Tyler is an Aquarius and Aquarius is Sagittarius also. Oh, Tyler is, yes, he is. I did not know that. That, that, that actually shocks me. Okay. It, wow. Oh my God. No, he's so Aquarius, man. Just sitting around like, just like, I'm cool. I'm just around everyone. I'm cool. Everyone loves me. Like, wait, that's so true. And he did. I, I don't think we've ever seen him cry either. Do Aquariuses like to eat steak and uh, do they despise shirts? <laughs> um, I fully believe a dude bro Aquarius. Yeah. Totally <laughs> okay. would. Um, I, I would like to, you know, I could probably, I could probably pull it up right now. I should, I wonder if I actually have Tyler Cameron's whole chart. Cause I just, Back to, I know most of suns, most of everyone's sun signs because of everything. But since my tracking is when I have it all in my stuff, do I have Tyler Cameron? Oh, nope. Different Tyler from Bachelorette. <laughs> uh, Tyler Guaditz. Uh, the one from Rachel season. Rachel. I believe that was his name. I don't know if that's his last name. I have oh. uh, everyone in here is just that is their first name. Norris. Norris. Taylor Norris. Mm. We met him at uh, the the ball. Well, I did. He's very, very nice. Very nice. Let me ask you about Caitlin Bristow and Jason Tardick. Doomed or will live happily ever after? I'm feeling happily ever after on them. Let's go. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Jason is a Virgo. Oh, if he's not a Virgo, then I don't know if I can believe. I know, right? And she's a um, a Gemini. She's like you, close. Jason Borg. Oh, no, he's a... <laughs> He's a Libra. Yep, Gemini Libra. They're good. He's probably got Virgo placements, though. See, that's the Libra man I like right there. There's two types. But even sometimes, even sometimes Jason does that little borderline stuff, right? Um, but he probably, I think, but I fully believe Jason must, and I could look it up in two seconds. Um, he must have Virgo in his chart because Nick Vial has more Leo and Libra in his chart and almost no Virgo, which is the grounding earth part of it, which is where 
I think Jason probably is a Virgo because, or has Virgo in his chart because he's the finance guy, literally. Yeah, very nuts and bolts, very practical. Oh yeah, for sure. And Earth, Earth signs, Earth signs are money related to Virgo is the like analytical sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix, just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Creams and serums are made of 70% water. preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in... um three-body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, 
or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber skincare. Guy like that makes all the sense. Um, but yeah, I could see that. I definitely see a yeah, Gemini Libra, they'll work out. And I think he fits, he fits with, um, being a Libra, you know, he fits with Caitlin's vivacity, vivaciousness, right? Like she's so spunky and he just loves it. I think the reason why I, I like Libra so much is because I can be very crazy over the top, weird, like Caitlin, for example, and Libra's in my experience, they have never been like, ew, get away. They accept it all. They're just like, this is what I have. I'm going to accept it. I'm going to accept all the weird stuff that she's doing. And I, I found that very endearing is that they can handle how weird I can get. So that's why I really like. Them. Yeah. Libras are pretty good. Like they're, they're the, they're one of the most social signs. They want to be in the social group. They want to be accepted by the social group. So if being accepted means letting people be weird, Go for it. Yep. Um, and if being back to Nick Val, if being accepted means sitting on the fence and yeah, you know, kissing up to the producers, but also trying to spill tea because he wants to, you can sense it, right? You can sense him wanting to drop it all, but he's like, Of course. No, I have to keep my facade with the producers or I can't I won't be able to do what I can do, which he knows. And I won't get early screeners if I don't. No, literally, he's <laughs> He's got the game right. He's got the game right. Let me let me ask you about one more bachelor couple, and then we'll get into some gore charts as quickly as we possibly can. Um, what about Dark Lord Harrison and Lauren Zima? Is this a match made in hell or heaven? <laughs> so Lauren Zima, actually, I feel like I looked up her chart at one point because I was so interested. She's a Sagittarius, and I'm a Sagittarius. And she went to Mizzou. She also graduated Mizzou's journalism school. Oh, wow. I feel like they probably will last because Chris is a Leo. She's a Sagittarius. The fire fits. But could it also not be that they're going to last because she has made a choice from which she can never go back? She had a window of time to be like, fuck this guy. I'm out. He said all this racist shit. I'm done with this. And she didn't do that. She instead moved with him to Texas, gave up her career for him. She's forever locked in. And I, I don't think he's he's at an age where he's like, is he really going to fucking try to start all over again and find somebody else? Probably not. No, uh, I agree with you there. And I was definitely about to say she <laughs> she did make a choice and it's definitely something you can't come back from. And uh, one thing about a Sagittarius, when they make a choice, albeit a messy choice, they fucking make that choice. And they're like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it boldly. I don't care. Great example in the current pop culture sphere is Taylor Swift, who is also a Sagittarius, who's everybody's freaking out about the guy she's dating right now. And it's like, I've always kind of joked that Sagittarius will 
and this is, I'm allowed to say this. I'm a Sagittarius. So if anybody's listening and you get mad, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to be mad at me. Yeah, you're allowed. You're allowed. This is a safe space for Sagittarius. We definitely don't mind the problematic people sometimes. Okay. Like it's not to say that we seek them out. Wait, who's she dating? I don't know anything about this. She's dating Maddie Healy, who's my celebrity crush. Okay. He's my only celebrity crush. Oh my God. Really? <laughs> yes. I've loved Maddie Healy for years. Yes. He, the lead singer of the 1975. And I, I just, I got excited. But he's, he's been, he's been very dramatic about it. Like he's been, uh, said some stuff about Ice Spice and who is the new Gen Z princess right now. And he's definitely uh, have some potential racist tendencies. What? He's definitely... He's very performative. Uh, he's very, like, everything about 1975 is supposed to be performance art, but it's... Yes. Borderline. You're like... Uh-huh. When is it not performance art anymore? And when is it just a messy? Wait, what are they doing? I don't know anything about this. Oh, that's a rabbit hole. Well, okay, so they make out with fans on stage. Like they'll they'll just bring up random girls and make out with them. Um, they're like old school rock star kind of behaviors. Okay. Uh, and then the one time they didn't, I'm not kissing anybody because Taylor's here. <laughs> Do you remember? You remember that? Uh, anyway, nice. That's respect. But but back to Sagittarius. Lauren Zima. So that's right. <laughs> so, um, so back to Lauren Zima as a Sagittarius woman. She is with Chris Harrison when he is quote unquote not problematic. Like he's clearly, you know, right, but publicly yeah. not. Yeah. And this happens, and that is that that moment of choice with Sagittarius. And to her to a Sagittarius, it's like, I know the real you. I know you're not like that whatever they'll make more more excuses for the problematic people in their life than i feel like most anyone and that's again self-drag i grew up with super shitty republican parents like i've definitely been able to make excuses for a lot of that not anymore but it's like you know it just kind of happens but i think it's because you can see the good in people who may even have you know problematic views because again there's good in everybody but zima's also getting paid Mm, and she's a i was about to say zima she is a capricorn venus i'm also (laughs) okay lauren relax um and but capricorn venus yeah if you're in a relationship where you're getting paid (laughs) that's kind of a nice relationship that's a nice incentive uh capricorn venus is the type of person who marries someone when they see that they're like really fucking good at their job and they're the ceo and they're like not a full gold digger but it's more of a like i see this potential to feel secure and successful within this and a venus capricorn wants that within a relationship and i think lauren probably was already and a capricorn venus too is like i'm gonna commit oh when they commit if they ever do they're committed Mm mm-hmm they're either extremely picky or they commit hard. And it's like, you're you're like, oh, okay. And so I think with Lauren, she did that. She was with him. She was committed. The shit popped off. And she was like, well, whatever. I'm rich because he got paid out a bunch of millions of dollars and we get to go do this. He'll probably run for office and I get to be the first lady or some mm-hmm. shit. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that, where she's like, I see the future and the potential. So I'm going to stick it. Yeah. Um, but I would love to know her rising sign. I'm gonna make some guesses and saying it's probably an air sign because of the ability to just be wherever whenever when necessary and she's a journalist i could see gemini rising i really could see gemini rising in the way she talks in her podcasts podcasters a lot of gemini podcasters gemini's love to talk oh interest that's interesting mm, hmm. yeah really interesting <laughs> hmm. 
Well, uh, we only have a few minutes left, but let me ask you about the gore signage. Is that what it's called, or is it signs? Signs. Signage is fun though. I like signage. That's. I, I still. I still. I still get you. Signage is more like a, a billboard. So let me ask you this question about gore generally. What you know of our specific individual personal signs, and what you know of the the gore general sign. We don't know what time it exactly aired or what day. I'll get that to you later. Okay. Yeah. Eventually, we'll we'll know about it. You would say it would be mid June more than late June. Are we thinking yeah. earlier June? It was mid-June. It was definitely mid-June. Yeah. Gemini season. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> right. And we started it right in the middle of Hannah Brown season. We didn't... It was just like, fuck it. Let's do this. You guys are like, screw it. We're doing it. Yeah. Basically. We had talked about doing it for maybe a month or two before that. And then one night, I was just like, fuck it. I have this little recorder. Let's just sit on my couch and like start doing this. And then we did it. And now we're continuing to do it. But my question is this. What is our relationship collectively as Game of Roses with The Bachelor like? Is that something that can be charted? I could definitely look at... So what's called... What this is called is called synastry when you lay two charts on top of each other or three or however many and you see where all the planets line up in respective spots. Um, And so Mm -hmm. when it comes to Game of Roses, there's so much Gemini, there's so much Aquarius and then Pace Cases the somewhat outlier in that she has a Libra rising and, but that's still an air sign. Right. Right. And I feel like Pace Case is a good example of the the three of you in that she started watching the show more organically and believed it. Right. Like she was more into the love and the romance and enjoying that. Mm. And that's a very Libra rising type thing. Like to be just very motivated by that type of, love right and then me and chad are over here and we're just like fuck this no literally you're the you're the gemini's and the aquarius who are i would definitely say gemini aquarius and scorpio are like the natural skeptics like they're the people who are like i'm gonna unpack and figure that out i'm gonna learn more about this and i'm gonna get back to you for sure i am that but i also didn't start watching this show until i was 20 whatever it would have been 22 or something like I, I was that age when it came out, fresh out of film school, already knew kind of the behind the scenes aspects of most, uh, you know, kind of Hollywood productions or whatever. And I was watching it more of like a, out of a curiosity about what reality TV was going to do to the industry, especially with that first wave of the early 2000s, what I would say is kind of like second era um, reality shows, you know, post all the stuff that happened in the 50s, 60s, 70s, certainly leading up into the 90s with real world. And then you saw immediately in the early 2000s with Survivor, Big Brother, Amazing Race, Bachelor, this new kind of tier of network reality shows. And everybody was like, wait a minute, what the fuck? They're, these are like giant chunks of time taken out of network schedules now that people are not writing. Yeah. And so that means like writing jobs are basically getting cut in half. That's kind of what I was watching it for. Well, so you, your chart. Um, so you obviously, I've been saying you have a Gemini sun, Aquarius moon, Aquarius rising, but you have your Gemini sun and Venus and Mercury, all three in Gemini are in what's called the fifth house. The fifth house literally rules anything like pleasurable and anything that you just like find joy in in life. And to me that you, and it's also under that umbrella, it's like romance and dating, not necessarily like marriage and partnership, but the fun part prior. And so you have this son there. And I feel like part of that is the, you're like, you've leaned into watching and enjoying this dating show. Right. Whereas typically 
I don't think most men your age would, right? Like most men are not trying to watch The Bachelor. Right. And, uh, but you have found your own way to figure it to to watch it and enjoy it. Um, and, but then you have a Leo Mars and a Leo Saturn in the seventh house. And if we remember, The Bachelor has Mars in the seventh house. So if anything, and Taurus, which is also a fixed sign, um, uh, the 12 signs can be divided into elements, which is four elements with three signs or modalities, which is four signs with three modalities. And the, the modalities start with cardinal signs, which are the beginning of the tropical seasons. So like Aries is the beginning of spring, Cancer is the beginning of summer, so on. And then the fixed signs are the signs in the middle of the season because they sustain that season. And then the mutable signs are the ones at the end because they shift into the new season. That's when the weather is like half and half, one temp and one another. And you're like, things are going back or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so the fixed signs, like if you have signs that like the fixed signs will square each other or oppose each other. So anyway, you have similar, you, you all excluding pace case, both of you have fixed sign rising signs, which is the same as the show. So it's like this matchup of being able to kind of understand but different, like the, you're, you're able to see it for what it is. You kind of can relate, but not relating. Cause you're not relating to the show. It's not a person, but you're able to feel where you're like, something about this makes sense to me more. Um, and Pace Case has a Leo moon, just like the show. Um, and so I think that she, back to, she was the, she was the target audience of the show and still, and has been been able to because of having so many Gemini placements and probably meeting you and being able to talk about the show with you, you were both able to be like, wait a minute, I see that there's more to this, but Pace Case is still the one who's optimistic about the romance and optimistic that couples might work out. And she is, let's be real. Like, she really is, yeah. And it's fresh. She is. No, that's that's 100% accurate. 100% accurate. <laughs> and uh, she enjoys, but so she gets to enjoy the drama too. Yeah. Got that Leah Moon. Well, I, I sincerely appreciate you coming on. And I hate that we have to cut this short right now, but I have three minutes to go start recording <laughs> with my parents about politics in America. Oh boy. <laughs> I know. Have fun. And you know, if you ever if you ever want to know more about your charts and into, I can talk about all kinds of stuff. We'll definitely have to have you back on to talk about some more bachelor relationships and uh Pace Case and Dark Seeker and all of that. And, uh, but again, thank you so much, Shannon Elliott, uh, again, the co-hosts of, uh, tell everybody where, where can they listen to your podcast? Where can they find you on Instagram? All this stuff. Yes. So, um, my podcast, which I haven't, my, my friend, my co-host and I, Jess love her. Shout out to Jess. Um, she and I, we kind of took a little hiatus when it was, I was moving. I went through crazy times, but do the roses align is my Instagram and it is our podcast. I, we have episodes from Matt James season, Michelle season, Katie season. Um, we took a pause with Clayton and the, and Rachel and Gabby. Uh, but I post on my Instagram, all sorts of charts and I'm very active on my stories. When I watch the show, I will live react astrology opinions typically the entire time. And my personal account is Astrology Chef. And I'm actually much more active on Twitter than I am on Instagram on Astrology Chef. So if you are interested in following me on Twitter, I'll be there. I do tweet about The Bachelor, but it's like my least interacted with thing because no one that follows, everyone who follows me is that astrologer. And I only get like so much engagement on my Bachelor stuff, but I will tweet about The Bachelor. Um, And then, but yeah, Astrology Chef, do the roses align. Follow me up. I'm definitely going to get, I'm finally in a space literally where I can 
podcast more freely with better. I lived in a house with shitty Wi-Fi. So back to good Wi-Fi. Makes it hard. Yeah, really. No, really makes it very difficult. But we'll have that all in the description too. And we'll also tag you on these charts that we'll post. And you can go to our Instagram to find Shannon and these charts and all of the good things. Yes. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thank you so much. We'll have to have you back on again to get more into this. And one question. Clues. How do you feel now about astrology? Uh, I mean, probably the same way that I felt about it prior to this. I, I'm, I'm. Uh, if people like it, if it makes some kind of sense to you or helps you make some kind of sense about how any of this shit is working or what any of this shit is, and by this shit, I mean reality, more power to you. Enjoy it. Hell yeah. Well, cool. Such a Gemini. <laughs> I, hey, that's better. That's better than people who are like, nah, it's still... Sounds stupid. Yeah. Like, no, I'm much prefer. And I, yeah, but thank you so much, y'all. And thanks for listening to me ramble. No, no, please. <laughs> thank you so much. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 